0: in a world where there is more outstanding debt than equities what would it look like if we were to do away with bonds we find out in this episode if we really need bonds or not hi i'm sarah cha from bond Supermart. welcome to another episode of our podcast series where we share with you about new bond issues and hold discussions on the fixed income market so we've been through um, a couple of lockdowns in varying modes these two years, and you know that has given me a lot of time to think, not just about new hobbies to pick up um, or, or whether or not to make Dalgona coffee, which I haven't. I'm not sure about you, um, but also things related to work. And one of those things were bonds, you know, the very investment product that I work with every day, and whether we really need them or not. You know, like what would the world look like if we didn't have bonds? I probably wouldn't have a job, but you know what goes on beyond that. Um, so I reached out to Dexter Tan, our Senior Fixed Income Analyst with the Bond Supermart team at IFAS Singapore, to see if I could pick his brain about it, and if he had an answer for us. He didn't, so that's why he's here. So hello again, Dexter. Welcome back to the show.
1: Hey Sarah, it's good to be with you. So
0: Dexter, we want to find out whether we really need bonds in the world, right? But to do that, I think you know it would be best for us to first identify what a bond is.
1: Well... A bond is simply a tradable loan uh, between a government or a company and an investor. Uh, The borrower of the loan is the company, uh, government, and Mm. they have to pay an interest and return the principal to the investor over a specific period of time.
0: Okay, very concise. And so now that we understand what it is, I think the next step is to figure out why they were even created in the first place.
1: Yeah, it's actually a good starting point. Um, loans were first issued uh, as an avenue to purchase goods uh, due to the lack of resources. Uh, Believe it or not, the concept of debt existed uh, long ago, and it's dating back as far as 2400 BC. That's a long time. Yeah. Um, The first loan was actually uh, issued supposedly traced to the Mesopotamia era. Um, In case you did not know, (laughs) the Mesopotamia is actually the Historical region for modern-day Iraq.
0: Okay, yeah. okay. Interesting.
1: So back then, um, life uh, was marked by chronic scarcity of resources. Um, in many circumstances, uh, loans were taken to finance the growing of crop or breeding of cattle. And the currency of exchange was for the crop was, in most cases, uh, corn. So what this means is that the borrower or the farmer, so there were a lot of farmers at that point in time. Okay. So they borrowed corn uh, to plant more corn. Okay. And so everything was uh, paid in corn. So the loan principal was in corn as well.
0: So because they planted the corn, then they had more corn to pay back their loans. Okay, yeah. perfect. Sounds a, if you actually just remove or replace the corn bits with like just money, right? Then it sounds mm-hmm. a lot like how, how bonds work. Right, you, you borrow money to make more money and then you pay back the money at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay. So I was also thinking about what you said um earlier. You know, that this all started from twenty four hundred BC. Correct me if I'm wrong there. Um twenty four hundred plus twenty twenty-one, we're looking at four thousand four hundred and twenty-one years ago. That was a very, very long time ago. I was not actually aware that, you know, we've had this for so long.
1: Yeah. So I think before I elaborate on that point um, I think if I'm not wrong uh, there wasn't any law to enforce the contract terms of the borrower and the lender at that point in time Uh, neither was there any system that existed to ensure the claims of assets in the default so there wasn't also a law enforcement mechanism in place and these laws and enforcement mechanisms are actually required for a bond market to function So what we are really discussing about here are referring to loans. So quite simply, um, borrowing agreements between two parties. So in around 2400 BC, mm. um, the Sumerian people ruled Mesopotamia and many of the Sumerian temples, uh, which were places of worship at that point in time, they they served their bank, as banks. Right. Um, I think if I recall properly, a tour guide in Greece uh, said that the people, they started depositing uh, their belongings at the temples. And the temple priests actually lent uh, these belongings to other people and therefore created a system of loans and credit. And this was actually the first ever credit system uh, ever recorded and created.
0: Yeah, I I feel like I've heard that story before um, while traveling, which is now a thing of the past. Um, I'm not sure whether it's just a story that they tell tourists, but... I mean, from all of this, you know, it does make sense.
1: Yeah, the citizens of Mesopotamia actually formed uh, lending agreements with each other. And as soon as these uh, lending agreements uh, became more and more complex and more complicated, uh, the idea of charging interest uh, was also conceptualized as a solution.
0: So, Dexter, um, okay, I think we've got a pretty good background on this now. But when did we, you know, really go from just having loans to, you know, bonds?
1: Yeah. So maybe before I explain uh, between the differences uh, between bonds and Mm. loans, so um, bonds and loans are essentially uh, debt instruments. So they are used by large companies or governments to raise capital, as mentioned earlier. So the key difference uh, between these two instruments is that uh, bonds are tradable and in the secondary market. So, someone who is holding a bond can actually sell it in the market uh, before its maturity or call date, yeah. whereas I think a loan is uh, agreement between two parties that's held to maturity. So in contrast to uh, bonds, most loans are not tradable. So we have to understand a bit of um, a history in order to uh, how loans are transitioned into bonds. So it was like during the Middle Ages... Um, in 1149, where the concept of the modern bond was developed, records uh, showed that there was an instrument called the comparer.
0: Okay, okay. Yeah. Tell me more.
1: It's, a, it's an interesting name. Uh, yeah. <laughs> in the city of... Uh, there was actually imposed uh, on the citizens of uh, Genoa, Italy.
0: So they had no choice?
1: Yeah. Okay. It's a false loan. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, and contributions to the commune, uh, which was like the ruling uh, party or, or group right. of people at that point in time, was compulsory. Um, they were paid a percentage of their loan amount, so the citizens received about uh, 8 to 10%. Uh,
0: That's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot.
1: So shares in the comparer were actually heritable and transferable uh, to third parties at a great price uh, between the parties. And that opened up the possibility of a market for shares as well as the speculation of their future value. So uh, this became the origin of the bond market. So later in the 1500s, um, we had the first sovereign bond uh, it, by when the Dutch Republic became the first state to finance the debt. And this was issued by the city of Amsterdam in 1517. So the interest rate was about uh, twenty fifth twenty percent. Okay, again yeah, okay, so we looking higher. at
0: very different environments from from today, right?
1: Yeah, I mean right now, I mean you don't really see like twenty percent kind of interest. Yeah. So yeah, and and at that point in time, wars were pretty rampant, and more often than not, uh, many uh, territorial states issued loans to finance their military campaigns. Um, the issuance of sovereign bonds was actually really crucial. Uh, to a country's survival. So sovereign bonds were not only issued in Europe, yeah, but also during the American Revolution, the US government uh, issued these war debt certificates to actually finance their uh, American Revolutionary War.
0: So Dexter, right now it sounds to me, okay, well, firstly, with the growth of civilization, it, it seems like things are starting to get more formalized. Correct. And in terms of identifying the, 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 the loans, the type of loans that existed as well. And, you know, it seems to me that, you know, with like, widespread acknowledgement, with formalization and the growth of bonds, um, it seems like it also began kind of because of wars. And I mean, I guess the answer is quite clear, but just wanted to hear your thoughts on these. Um, without these wars, do we still need bonds?
1: Yeah, I think we need bonds. I mean, um, there's a special place for bonds in society. If you recall the example just now, mm. uh, the farmer in the Mesopotamia era would not be able to um, grow his crop if there's no debt market. So he will remain poor and maybe he'll go uh, rob someone in order to survive. So, like, Okay,
0: that took you know. a very morbid turn. But okay, yes, I get your point.
1: Yeah, so bonds are also not always used for wars. Um they can be used for public goods. So, for example, in 1650 in Europe, um, income levels were improving and many of the centralized uh, states, the issued bond proceeds to finance uh, education and infrastructure. So, thirdly, uh, in the modern day context, bonds are actually used by central banks to increase or decrease money supply. Mm-hmm. So, we have like the U.S. Treasury Department or...
0: Yes, you just saw that, right? Basically, yeah.
1: yeah. Oh, some finance minister in emerging markets may sell or buy bonds to control inflation. So when they they buy bonds, they would uh, increase the bond prices and keep uh, yields low. So the prices of the government bonds are fall when debt is being issued, and this also translates to higher yields and, to a certain effect, higher interest rates. So Dexter,
0: you make some really good points there, but you know. Moving on, how, how widespread or how common are bonds actually in the financial ecosystem?
1: Yeah, Sarah. So it's actually very common and widespread. Uh, as a matter of fact, there's actually more bonds than stocks in the financial okay. ecosystem. So, okay. according to the Securities Industry and Financial Markets Association, the outstanding value of the global bond market um, is about 123 trillion US dollars. So, that's more than the total market cap of stock exchanges around the world, which is about 109 uh, trillion US dollars.
0: Wait, so I, I'm not sure whether you get this a lot, but you know, when I speak to some investors, I get the feeling that they always think that, you know, because just because they hear more about stocks. So therefore the stock markets are much, much larger than, you know, your bond markets, for example. Mm. Yeah. But, um, but I mean, from your numbers, we already know that's not true.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's actually not true. I mean, if you look, if we add the amount of bank loans and mortgages, mm. The this so the bond the bond market will actually balloon to about two hundred and thirty uh, trillion US dollars. So it's much much more than the stock markets.
0: Twice more than twice on the yeah. stock market.
1: So I mean, based on what I checked, also I mean, only five percent of listed companies in Singapore also had zero debt. So it clearly shows that uh, debt is very uh, widespread in mm-hmm. the financial ecosystem. Yeah.
0: Well, you know those numbers make a very clear statement. I must say. Um, The thing is, Dex, um, bonds aren't the only way for companies to raise monies, right? So aside from, you know, issuing equity, let's put that aside, um, what are the alternatives to bonds and how do they differ from bonds?
1: Yeah, there are many alternatives uh, but for investors. Maybe choose
0: some of the more prevalent
1: ones, the more common ones. Okay, um, (laughs) let me see. I think we can just name three. I think... uh, for issuers, for companies, issuers, and maybe uh, for investors as well. So, yeah. for companies, I think the alternatives is uh, one of them is commercial bank loans. Mm, yeah, that's so very this common. one, yeah, um, bank loans. You can Stand just go it. to the bank, just borrow. And then there's factoring, uh, whereby companies can sell their receivables. And then we have uh, crowdfunding, so Kickstarter, whereby you can go to social networks um, to raise money. And then for investors, the, there's fixed deposits. Oh,
0: yes. Everybody knows fixed deposits, mm-hmm. right?
1: Yeah. Fixed deposits. Um, yeah. So they have very low returns. Yeah. And we have uh, structured deposits. So they are more high risk uh, than, than fixed deposits. Mm-hmm. And then we have uh, P2P lending. So investors can go to P2P networks to borrow money. Yeah. So those are the alternatives.
0: Okay, so Dexter, moving like based off that, right? I mean, okay, now we know that there are all these alternatives that investors and issuers have, then do we still need bonds? You know, since there are already so many alternatives.
1: Yeah, I I think we do need bonds. Um, Issuers and investors, they all need to grow their assets over time. So there are two ways to grow assets. Either you work hard and you save up and then you acquire assets. The traditional way. Yeah, the traditional way. Or um, you can simply go to the bond market or the market and then uh, borrow money and then use the proceeds to acquire assets. So because society is uh, getting more and more fast-paced, I think uh, investors and issuers will need to borrow to get a hit and increase their net worth and returns. So with regard to issuers, I think there are tax benefits to issuing bonds. Um, Because they issue bonds, they record uh, lower pre-tax profits and pay lower tax Mm. expenses. Uh, On the other hand, relying on equity capital is not sufficient. Um, Issuing bonds is cheaper than issuing stock. So because shareholders, they take on more risk uh, when the company files for bankruptcy. So shareholders require a higher rate of return. So it's actually more expensive than bonds.
0: And, and the thing is, you know, whenever they, they issue equity, then there's also the dilution of control as well, right? Yeah, so that's something that they would have to take into consideration when it comes to equity.
1: Yeah, so when the company issues more shares, it actually increases the number of outstanding shares and it dilutes the shareholder value mm-hmm. and the ownership of the, the owners. Yeah. Yeah, I think for sovereign bonds, I mean, for the lack of a better example, the US government, um, they have these... Generous economic stimulus packages and their expenditures. So they they definitely need bonds. Um, Investors, uh, they need bonds also because bonds provide a stable income in the form of coupon payments. Uh, Bonds provide higher returns than fixed deposits. Um, We need something that is stable and yet provide a regular return and something not as volatile as stocks. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, So, yeah, investors, issues, they all need bonds.
0: Yeah. So, Dexter, as we wrap up, I just have one last question for you. Okay, I think we are very clear now. We need bonds. But now the question is, who needs bonds more? Is it investors or is it issuers? Or, you know, is it investment bankers?
1: Well, I think that's a difficult (laughs) question, Sarah. I um, I think all of us need bonds equally. Um, investors they need bonds to mm-hmm. raise capital, um, working capital they need for growth. To, okay, in in some instances survival, yeah. And investors uh on the other hand uh investors they need bonds for state income stability. So just now I was referring to issuers, <laughs> yeah. so now it's investors they need uh, bonds for income stability, okay. uh, portfolio diversification. Yeah. So investment bankers on the other hand I think they need bonds it's because it's part of their job but <laughs> i think if, if there's no bond market i'm sure they will find something to uh generate income yeah
0: okay thank you very much dex thanks for joining us today
1: thank you sarah
0: this episode was brought to you by bond supermart i'm sarah Chia, and our guest speaker with us today is dex Tan senior fixed income analyst with the bond supermart team at ifas singapore Follow Bond Supermart on Twitter, Facebook and Telegram to get first-hand updates on new bond issues, credit updates and special events. For bond information and articles, visit our website, bondsupermart.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you soon.